Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. It's the how-to fun show of the year with Bob. Why are you torturing me? I'm just a man. And Sherry. So you the girl with that big voice I've been hearing so much about. And now, broadcasting from the palatial Bob and Sherry studios, it's Bob and Sherry. Well, welcome everybody to the Bob and Sherry show. We are all here. I see, this is why people like this Pope, Pope Francis, so much. He, He speaks like a regular person sometimes, you know, even if you're not Catholic. He says things that you just go, I can't believe the Pope said that. That's, you know, that's what I was thinking. Anyway, worshipers at a service just a couple of days ago were rejoicing after Pope Francis declared wine is a, quote, gift from God. The pontiff said (laughs) wine was handed to us from the Almighty because we make it, quote, a true source of joy. I think he's been looking in my television room. You know, he's just he's been seeing something. He even joked to his audience, I can't believe he said this, quote, this seems like a drunk pope, unquote. Got big laughs. He got big laughs with that one right there. His blessings to alcohol come days after he proclaimed that sexual pleasure is also, quote, a gift from God. Italian winemakers cheered his words of wisdom during a private meeting uh, with him in the Vatican as they battle against European health warnings. The Pope told them, wine, land, agricultural skills, and entrepreneurism are gifts from God. The Creator has entrusted them to us because, with our sensitivity and honesty, we make them a true source of joy. Now, he has not been listening to morons in the news, I don't think, because he might have backed <laughs> off on that last one just a little bit. But here's here's how he, he truly is a father, even, even though obviously he's never had children, but he is a father to all of his flock. He also urged people to encourage healthy drinking habits, along with treating the environment and their workers with respect. It's really hard to argue with anything there. You know, now, if you don't, if you're allergic to alcohol, I get it. I totally get it. And it it doesn't really do you any good at all. And it could get you in a lot of trouble. But, you know, he's he's living in Italy, right? He's the Pope. So wine is a great big deal. And uh, he was uh, he was cheered. I don't remember in my lifetime another pontiff who spoke quite the way that Francis does. Do you, Sherry? No, no. And I can't imagine just the idea of a pope saying wine is a gift from God. 
so is sexual pleasure. Like, wait, what? No, I can't. I can't. That was not that. in catechism class. No, no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I mean, I, I grew up in such a conservative uh, period with the church. I can remember being, ad, uh, not me, but uh, young girls being uh, admonished about their hair in church. Uh, th- uh, this this one, I think it was a nun, said, the reason women can wear uh, hats in church is because it stops them from looking at other women's hair and uh, worrying about their own. I, even as a kid, I was going, I don't know about that, sister. I, I just... I'm not so sure about that one there. What? That's crazy. Yeah. Oh. That's a, that's, yeah. I thought we had to cover our heads so as not to tempt our brothers with our shiny locks. Good grief. What a bunch of nuts that is. You know? <laughs> there was some stuff like, going on back then. Like, that was some crazy. I was just telling Max, the difference between this Pope telling everyone wine is a gift from God. I was just telling Max, um, we talked on, I think, Oh, maybe like end of last week, like last Friday afternoon, about how Pope Innocent III decided back in the Dark Ages that surgery was a form of heresy and banned it. And it set medicine and science back hundreds of years. Like, who knows what, who knows how much further along we would be (laughs) if not for Pope Innocent III. And here is when I say it set it back hundreds of years. Here's what I'm talking about. It wasn't until... So this is the Dark Ages and Pope Innocent the Third, and and there's I don't know why he picked that name because I know know. Pope Innocent the Third is like yo yo heads up everybody. This surgery, this kind of medicine, this is um, heresy and of the devil. So it is forbidden. And it wasn't until World War One, when soldiers were being so catastrophically injured. That medicine yeah. kind of shook itself off and said, we might want to figure out some surgery techniques. That's Amen. how much damage, that's how much damage that one individual was able to do to humanity, to civilization for centuries. So yeah, that's I'm right. real surprised that's right. to, to I know. hear Pope Francis say something positive. But we got you know, morons he's, in- he's still he's still a uh, a father because at the end of the whole thing he says, now don't overdo it. You know, drink responsibly. Don't be overdoing it. You have to say that, right? If you're well, yeah, because it wine. we can't have the Pope doing keg stands, Bob. That doesn't. No, those aren't no, good optics for the church. Okay, we got morons in the news coming up. We got things Bob didn't know, and the real reason that we root for the bad guys. It's Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com. So I got a TikTok that was sent to me from my wife, Mary, and it was about one woman's anger over the sale of a spaghetti sauce. There are two great New York, well, there are many great New York restaurants, but there are two great Italian restaurants in New York who have come out with their own brand of spaghetti sauce and and pasta. One of them is Rao's, which is what I'm going to talk about right now, R-A-O. And the other one is Carbone. So these restaurants are so popular, you cannot get a reservation for at least a year in either one of them. And I think it's Carbone. You have to have somebody who calls the restaurant, speaks to the manager, and... um, and, and uh, endorses you in saying this is a good person. You know, they're not going to uh, get drunk. They 
They have plenty of money to pay the bill, blah, blah, blah. These two, these two restaurants are not cheap, but they're wonderful. And Rao's, my mouth is watering. I don't get Carbone's uh, spaghetti sauce, but I get Rao's all the time. And they, they also, as I said, have pasta. They've got a product that is um, like a lasagna with meat sauce and so on. It's a whole line. This woman posted, uh, and this is why the internet is great because you can learn a lot. And it's also kind of dicey because who knows if people are talking about what they really know or they're just making stuff up. This woman's post was about Rouse being sold to Campbell's Soup, which has happened. Rouse uh, tomato sauce and all of their products have been sold to Campbell's Soup. This woman is on a TikTok saying, well, thank God I got a bunch of uh, uh, bottles of the uh, tomato sauce because I've just tried the new one and they have killed it. They've taken it. They probably have added sugar to it, blah, blah, blah. I read an article about it the next day in the New York Times and everybody at Campbell's is saying, we have not touched the Rouse product. We haven't, we haven't looked at what they're doing with it. We bought the company. We know it's a superior product for mass produced spaghetti sauce. Please. We're not going to mess around with it. Now down the road, you know, they could have a suit that says, yeah, it costs a uh, fourteen for us to produce it. If we uh, take this out, we take some of the oregano out, it could cost $1.05, and we'll be making a lot more money. And if we add sugar, you know, let's face it, Americans love everything sweet. I think our sales will increase. That could, that could be. But as of right now, Campbell's is saying, we haven't touched it. Please stop it. I am. I can't believe I'm coming down on the side of Campbell's, but I kind of believe them. <laughs> I, I you have hated on Campbell something fierce in the past <laughs> since I was a kid. Well, I mean, let's face it, Campbell's. You know, chicken noodle soup. Even as a hey. kid, I knew. Uh, is that mm. chicken? What is that little dot that? I, I guess that's chicken. There wasn't much in it. There really wasn't. You 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 take a can of Progresso. You know, still it's overly salted and so on, but you got some yard bird in there. You're such an activist. I'm loving this energy. Thank you. Thank you. But well, what is he know. being an activist for? For the sizable the, uh, chunks, sizable chunks of poultry and canned soup, Max. Come on. <laughs> Somebody needs to fight that fight. Come on. That's right. I'm actually, I'm actually saying to the big corporations, okay, I'm going to take what you say at face value, and I think that there are some people uh, on the internet that are just talking out there, you know what, just because they're guessing that your move is going to be negative. And, you know, I think that's the thing, as I started this with, about the internet, you can get some good information. Things can be exposed. You can learn some stuff. But I think there are some people that just shoot off their mouth. Yeah, um, that is social media. People. Yes, yeah. that's the whole point. That is the yeah, whole yeah. point of social media. One of my favorite things on the artist formerly known as Twitter is when somebody will they'll somebody will say something really cockamamie or insane, uh -huh. and it'll get screenshotted. And then as soon as it comes back around again and is proven to be false, 
This is the the screenshot gets tweeted with this didn't age well. And it's hilarious to see like <laughs> people are just like, I have I have this keyboard in front of me. I must say things. Yeah. I must say yeah, things yeah, out yeah. loud to the world. But you know That's what? Right. You never stop fighting for better quality canned soup, mister. Thank you. It may seem like a small thing to others, but it's a big thing when you empty that can out and heat it up and Thank discover you. that you can't see the chicken in it without a microscope. You fight That's that right. fight. We got Morons in the News next. It's Bob and Sherry. Morons in the News is sponsored by Every Plate. Skip the grocery store and save money with Every Plate. Let's do it. It's Bob and Sherry. Get these morons off the air. With Morons in the News. You know how you hear a human brain is not really mature until you're 25 years old? Well, sometimes with some guys, it's a little longer than that. Moments after finding a lost cell phone in a Walmart bathroom, a Florida man used the device to call 911 and claim there was a bomb in the store, according to police. And the suspect later confessed that he had seen it on a TikTok, a video, several of them, with fake threats and quote i decided to make one myself police responded to the walmart in port charlotte <laughs> after the guy called 911 when a police dispatcher dialed the number from which the threat was placed the suspect said tiktok 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 before hanging up after the phone's owner told police he had left the phone in the store they reviewed surveillance footage and showed another man entering the bathroom moments before the 911 call was placed. Cops quickly identified, and I'm looking at him, identified the subject as Cody Clements. Does that does that not sound like a character out of the Beverly Hillbillies? It does. <laughs> Jed, you got Cody or, Clements. Or a Major League Baseball player who's having could a really too. good run. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, could be too. He's uh, 28 years old. He lives about 10 miles from the Walmart. After being read his rights, Cody reportedly copped to, quote, seeing the cell phone in the stall and deciding to make a prank 911 call. He added that he had watched, quote, people on TikTok making fake bomb threats and decided, I'd like to make one myself. According to the report, Cody stated he regrets his decision and realizes he made a bad decision he went to jail, and he's out on $15,000 bonds. Can you tell me, what kind of a person are you that you would cause such havoc in people's lives? They had to clear out the Walmart. People were there, you know, getting their food, getting their underwear, whatever. The cops have a million things to do, and this jerk finds a phone. And, you know, you could say, oh, it's just a prank. It's a disruption of people's lives. And I know I sound like somebody's father yelling, get off my grass and grow up. But get off my grass and grow up, Cody. (laughs) Police are seeking a man accused of stealing nearly $30,000 in underwear from apartment laundry rooms in Colorado, the officials are saying. The officials... Searching the 39-year-old man's home found more than 500 panties, bras, and pieces of lingerie stolen over a three-year period. The stolen underwear belonged to more than 30 women and children between the ages of 6 and 69, police said. Investigators identified the accused thief after posting security photos online. 
after a lengthy investigation, a national warrant has been issued for the man's arrest on felony charges of burglary and theft. He is still on the run. You know, $30,000 is a lot of underwear to carry, so he should be easy to catch unless (laughs) it's Victoria's Secret underwear. Then you're looking for a guy carrying a plastic grocery bag. So he may be on the run for quite a while. (laughs) That's right. That's exactly Wow. And finally, Ernie, the talkative singing cockatiel, flew through an open door and disappeared from his home in Manchester, England. People were looking everywhere. Everywhere and and Allison Roberts, who who owned Ernie the Bird, was just devastated. And then she's scrolling Facebook, and some people who had found Ernie posted videos of him singing and talking and said, "Is anyone missing this bird?" She was so excited. She contacted the people. They're like, "We got your bird." And she said, "I thought I was happy to see Ernie. I thought Ernie was happy to see me." But nothing was as happy as Ernie, get ready for it, reuniting with his doggy best friend, Lottie. Allison said, as soon as Ernie saw her, he reacted. I let him out of his cage and he flew and he was sitting on her back and riding around. It was old times. It was just like we were used to, the two of them together. And she said that was how Ernie got out. On the night we lost him, the dog was in the kitchen waiting to go out, and I didn't see that Ernie was on her back. I was calling for the dog, opened the door, and the dog ran out with the parrot riding her like a pony. And that's how the bird got lost. But thanks to, when you don't often get to say the sentence, thanks to Facebook, something good happened. But thanks to Facebook, something good happened. And Ernie, the singing cockatiel, was reunited with her very best doggy friend. And we're going to get this posted up for you on the Bob and Sherry Facebook. Straight ahead, things Bob didn't know. Comedian Josh Blue. And why? We root for the bad guys. And it's shocking. It's Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, live. Live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. There was a crazy raid on a home in Long Island where the owner um, was keeping more than 100 exotic animals in his basement and backyard. I'm talking tortoises, a giant African snail, a South American ostrich, Um, The president of the uh, Humane Society said, and this is an understatement, he had a lot of animals here that have no business being in suburbia. (laughs) Well, do you think? Amen. I mean, ostriches and exotic birds in his basement. That's no place for those animals to live. Um, And they said that the, the gentleman was very cooperative. And that the animals were cared for. They were fed. They were not neglected. It wasn't, and this again, understatement. It wasn't the cleanest situation. Again, you have more than 100 exotic animals on your property. Sir, you have ostriches in your basement. I've been to the zoo. I I know that that wasn't the cleanest environment. (laughs) So um, how did he get caught? Well, the investigation began after the guy began showing up with these absolutely um, out-of-pocket animals at, like, people's birthday parties and uh, community events and street fairs. 
And in long, like there are some places where people will look the other way when you come into a birthday party with an ostrich on its leash, on a leash. But this is Long Island where people are going to express what they're thinking out loud. Right. And so people were saying things like, Jimmy, is that a bleeping ostrich you've brought to this birthday party? And so one thing led to another and he got investigated. The animals have all been removed. Um, It's not clear what's going to happen to him. He's got many, many court summons to show up for for his exotic animals. But the happy part is, even though his house is is a filthy, reeking, exotic animal dung pit, the animals are going to be fine. It's Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. And now on the Bob and Sherry show, it's another exciting episode of Things Bob Didn't Know. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. So the King of England, what's his name? King Charles the Third, Charles, King Charles the Third. So, who was King Charles the First? Well, he was one of the relatives of King Charles the Third. Obviously, he wasn't the first; he's the third. Let's look into King Charles the First of Great Britain. He refused to turn the monarchy into a republic. The people wanted a republic. They said, "You can still be the king." But we're going to be a republic. He refused to do that, and he was sentenced to be beheaded. They took him toward the place where they're going, the gallows, where he's going to be beheaded. And he said, one moment. And he put on not one, but two shirts because it was January. And he didn't want to shiver and be seen shivering by the people that came to see him be executed. Because if he was shivering, it was a sign of weakness. And he put on his two shirts on this January day in 1649, and he was beheaded. You know, if I was the King of England about to be headed, I could have on six shirts and a coat (laughs) and a nice woolly hat. And people oh, would yeah. know that I was scared because I would be going, please don't behead me. Please. Please. Oh. Anything. You can uh, have a republic. I'm sorry. I would need three shirts and a depends to keep the people from going oh, yeah. scared I was. Oh, but, yeah. oh, do you want to hear? Completely. Do you want to hear something fun? Um, so after they beheaded King Charles the first, they tried to outlaw Christmas in England. Did you know that? And the no. Brits were like, the Brits were like, get out of here. But they did. They did try to outlaw it. In fact, they would arrest people who were buying like holiday foods in the marketplace to try to stop them from celebrating. So you say huh. what you want about King Chuck the first. He was letting the people have Christmas. Am I right, Max? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You can find out you about know, all this know. on the True Weird Stuff podcast called The First War on Christmas. Yes. Oh, very good. And you, eventually, you know what's so strange? You know what's so strange? That he was beheaded, and yet he was buried at St. George's Chapel, which is part of Windsor Castle, which is the place that all of the royals love to go. Would it not be weird if you are the King of England, you're Charles III, and you go, you know, to have a nice weekend at Windsor, and you can walk out in your backyard 
and see the burial plot of the first Charles. Of your ancestors. Of your ancestor who was beheaded. So even though he was beheaded, they went, well, he is a royal, so he could be, you know, he could be buried with his head, you know, in the back of Windsor Castle. I'm so glad we're talking about people's heads because Max and I have another fun fact for you. So um, King Charles I gets beheaded. And here comes right. Oliver Cromwell, and he's all like, nee, 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 no Christmas for you. Nah. Well, after a while, the people were like, G-T-F-O-H, Oliver Cromwell. And King Charles II comes back and reclaims his rightful throne, and he has Oliver Cromwell beheaded. And do you know what he did with Oliver Cromwell's head? Well, what first he do? put it on public display, and then he took it over to Westminster Abbey, and they displayed Oliver Cromwell's head for like two decades at Westminster Abbey. <laughs> Yeah. Dang. They were just absolutely <laughs> brutally yeah. hardcore back yeah. then. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you. Holy I God. am telling you. So, all this, yeah. like, oh, the British, they're so refined with their tea and their stiff upper lip. Those those folks will take your head and make it a public spectacle for decades <laughs> if, you, if you try to cross them. Yeah. I mean, how, how strange, Meghan how Markle strange and would Harry. that be? How strange would that be that you could go in the backyard of your home? Say you have a, a like a good piece of property, like I'm sure Windsor Castle has. I've been there once I, so long ago. Um, and you could go for a little stroll and look at the grave of your ancestor who was beheaded. And he has the same name as you. Uneasy lies the head that wears the crown, I believe is the yeah. same. So true. Yeah. So true. Yeah. yeah. So that's uh, just one thing, but it blew my mind. Two shirts, so they don't see you shiver. It's Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, live. Live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. If you know a teacher who deserves a vacation, nominate them at bobandsherry.com. They could win a trip for two to Margaritaville Beach Resort in Fort Myers Beach, Florida from Visit Florida. That's bobandsherry.com. All right? What do people, let's say in Europe, think of America? They did a survey on that and came up with the 20 best things that Europeans think comes out of America. And here we go. I'm going to start with number 20. And by the way, I agree with most of this. Number 20 is Stephen King. Number 19 is Facebook. Then it's Nike, the brand, the TV show Friends, the original Star Wars, uh, actually the the whole Star Wars uh, thing. Number 15 is Martin Luther King. Number 14 is Steven Spielberg. Then it's Ben and Jerry's. Even though Ben and Jerry's sold, they still have great ice cream. Number 12 is the always loved Tom Hanks. And Levi's, the jeans, is number 11. So here we go. The top 10 greatest things to come out of the great USA, according to Europeans. Number 10 is NASA. Number 9 is Elvis Presley. Number 8. Hollywood movies. Number seven is Barack Obama. Before before you hit the keyboards, some of y'all, I'm just reading these things. This is what Europeans think. Number six, KFC. <laughs> that that's one. I like KFC, but I didn't think that was going to be number six. Number five, Apple, the brand. Number four, Mickey D's. That's right, McDonald's. Number three is Coca Cola. 
After all these years, it's still up there. Number three brand, Coca-Cola. And, and, and probably been there for like 50 or more years, right? As like At one of the least. top things. Yeah. Yes, without a doubt. Yeah. Number two is Disney. So a lot of the things that I gave you coming from the um, minds of Europeans have been around a long, long time. And some of them are people who are no longer with us, but did great things. This number one is relatively new, just to give you a hint. What is the best thing, the number one thing to come out of America, according to European people right now? Wow. Um, and it's not anything because it's relatively new. So it's not like Hollywood. It's movies, relatively right? new. It's with it's within uh, it's it's total popularity is within the last five years. Its oh, greatest popularity okay. is in the last five years. But it's been around probably 10, 15 years as a product. OK, let and, me think. And so Americans, iPhones, Americans. No, no. They've been, no, that's longer no, than Apple's that. on the yeah. list. That's, yeah. that's oh, longer. Okay. Yeah, Apple is on the list. It's uh, referred to on this radio show frequently. The product is referred to frequently on this radio show. Especially so I know it's by, not wine. That's ancient. Ba and yeah, it can't be right. bacon. That's pretty old. Which that's one of us refers too. to it? Which one of us refers to it? Uh, we all do, but I would say um, the preponderance of the time it would be Lamar. Kerry Gold more. Irish well, Butter? <laughs> if, it's, if, 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 it's, if it's not if it's not man buns, it's Crocs. No. no Crocs is on their list of the worst. I can't read okay. the the, uh, the worst because it gets a little political. So I'm, yeah. I'm just not going to go oh, there. Oh, yeah. We're not going to go there. Number but. one. Number one best thing to come out of America is Netflix. Uh, I was going to guess Netflix, but I thought that yeah, can't be yeah. right. Yeah, that's right. right. Netflix. Um, and, and apologies you know, to you, Lamar, that all of our thoughts were yeah. like bacon, <laughs> butter, butter, mayonnaise, <laughs> bourbon. Hey, I'm, that's right. if you think I'm Camping. offended, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> I'm not that's offended. Right. It's Bob and Sherry. Everyone Needs a Laugh is sponsored by Kohl's. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com today. It's time for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here is comic Josh Blue. Yeah, that quarantine, when that first hit, you know, that's, uh, that's brutal. I'm uh, home with my two kids, just doing all these childhood activities, you know, playing board games and doing puzzles and crying. <laughs> we, we still haven't finished our puzzle. We lost interest about hour 85. <laughs> and then board games. I like playing board games, you know, Monopoly and everything. But uh, I will definitely jack up a Monopoly game. Um, I'm not the most delicate of peace movers, you know. <laughs> you thought you had some houses. <laughs> There's a, there's a Paul the Earthquake coming through. <laughs> yeah, I had my kids move the pieces, and 
uh, I regularly kick my son's butt in chess, and that's got to be pretty humiliating when you have to move yourself into check. <laughs> he gets me back on the video games, though. Yeah, I'm sure I don't have to tell you, I'm not a gamer. <laughs> my parents didn't even get me a system when I was a kid. They're like, you can go to the, your friend's house if you want to lose on the game, you know? <laughs> Are those fighting games? My friends that kick my butt every time. Well, like 98% of the time, then occasionally the right hand would just do something amazing. And just, every, every kid in the room is slack jaw, like, we never seen that before. You put a glitch in the game. <laughs> my kids man and uh, you know I, I definitely deserve kids you know <laughs> uh, someone to pass on my demented sense of humor to you know? <laughs> well I grew up with sisters I'm the youngest of four and uh just to give you a little taste of what I went through. Uh, when I was about 11, both of my older sisters convinced me that there was something wrong with me <laughs> because I hadn't had my period yet. <laughs> Don't encourage them. My oldest sister gave me a tampon. She's like, you might want to take this to school with you. <laughs> and then my other sister's like, if it doesn't come in like a month, you should probably tell mom. <laughs> That's why I'm a comedian, okay? Also, when I was a kid, my mom told me if I went on a roller coaster, that my head would snap off. <laughs> what kind of crappy parenting skills is that? <laughs> I didn't go on a roller coaster. I was like 30. I wore seven turtlenecks. <laughs> Doing loop de loops and the tampon fell out. dry enough. I feel like there's some moisture leaking in. Oh my gosh. He is hilarious. A completely highly original set from Josh Blue. He's phenomenal. You can check that out at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. Just click the menu tab. Look for Everyone Needs a Laugh. This is Bob and Cherry. Come visit the Bob and Cherry store to find great deals down every aisle. We wish you were here to get the Book of Bob, Cooking with Cats, Bob and Cherry Grocery Totes, Phone Cases, Shirts, Night Shirts, Caricature Mugs, Scones from the Scone Goddess, Water Bottles, True Weird Stuff Merchandise, and more. We wish you were here for the time of a lifetime. The time of a lifetime. 
The Bob and Cherry Store on the shop tab at bobandcherry.com. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Cherry app. I mean, I think we all suspected this, but now the news is out. The baked chips, you know, like those baked lays, yeah. are no better for you no. than regular potato chips. But but what about the smug virtue you feel as you're eating something that you're pretty sure is one molecule away from cardboard? Do you not get any <laughs> points for that? See, that's, listen, I'm not falling for that. It, listen, potato chips, is, they're cooked in grease, baby. They're cooked in grease. That that baked stuff? No, no, no. Forget about well, it. Give it all up if you don't want to eat it. Listen to mm. this. Baked chips have double the amount of sugar as yes. regular chips. And wait, there's more. Yeah, when you fry those chips in oil, which makes them delicious, it has double the fat content of baked chips. But the saturated fat is the same. So <laughs> here you are, you're getting twice the sugar, the same amount of saturated saturated fat. You're getting none of the pleasure. And the only thing I, that you have is your smug feeling that, look at me eating cardboard because I'm healthy. Like, ew, no. I go back to the biggest scam ever played on the American public, Snackwell cookies. Fat-free, oh, yeah. triple the sugar. Fat-free, triple the sugar. I mean, come on, man. I've only done three or four things right in my entire adult life. And one of them was the first time I tasted a Snackwell cookie, I was like, ooh, this isn't even delicious. And never ate another one. Oh, thank God. No. Because apparently that was the worst thing ever for the 90s, was eating those bad boys. Man, they was like Cabbage Patch dolls, though. You couldn't find them. (laughs) Mm. So here's the thing. Like... You know, it's like eating cabbage patch <laughs> maybe, maybe you're someone that can go cold turkey and give up potato chips. I love salty things. I can't imagine. Or maybe you're someone that can restrain him or herself with potato chips. But just skip the baked ones because you're not doing yourself any favors at all. It's Bob and Cherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com. It's talk back time. You can call us on the phone at 844-52-SHERRY, 844-52-SHERI. Or you can grab our app, which is free in Google Play in the Apple Store. And if you look at the screen, you'll see a little microphone in the bottom center. Just tap it and talk and the app will do the rest. Hey, Bob, Sherry, Max, Doc, and Lamar. This is Carol from Oregon. And I listen to your show all the time. And one of my favorite things about it is that occasionally you'll do a segment that triggers a memory for me that I had totally forgotten about. So recently you were talking about the first R-rated movie that you've ever seen. And um, I had completely forgotten about this, but it's kind of funny. So I thought I would share. So I think I was about 12 years old. I'm going to say like 1992. I was in sixth grade, I think. And was at a slumber party with my best friend. And her older sister, who was like 17 or 18, um was going to drive us to the movie theater to to go see a movie. Uh, We were going to see Home Alone 2 because that was a big movie hit at the time. But when we got there, it was all sold out. And the only other movie available was The Crying Game. So I don't know if you remember this movie, Lamar, People's Movie Critic, I'm sure. In your vast movie knowledge, you remember this. Uh, But it is not appropriate for (laughs) (laughs) 12-year-olds. Um. The plot line is kind of fuzzy to me, but I know it had Forrest Whitaker in it, and it was kind of a spy, like, IRA-type drama. But the big reveal, the big deal about the movie, 
was that the person he thinks he's in love with, who he thinks is a woman, there's a scene with full frontal nudity, and it turns out this is biologically male person. So uh, if you're 12 years old and all you know about the male anatomy is what you see on a Ken doll, that image is burned on your retinas forever. I'm here to tell you. <laughs> and we kind of just all drove home from the movie in silence. And my mom was not happy that that was the movie that we ended up going to see. Um, anyway, it was a heck of a movie, though. I think if it won some awards and um, Boy George, I think, had a song in it that was really good. But not appropriate for 12-year-olds. So anyway, thought I'd share. Thanks. I so identify with what she just said. There is a movie theater. There is a movie theater on Whitney Avenue in uh, Hamden, Connecticut. And the uh, I think they had two screens also. And the guy who either owned it or managed it just wanted to get the bucks coming through the door. And I swear to God, you could be 10 years old, walk up and walk into an X-rated movie as long as you had the dollar fifty or whatever it was. It wasn't a problem. He would, and he knew what he was doing, but he would look the other way. My friend Richie and Paul, we went to see, we didn't know what this movie was all about, but it was um, an Italian movie with subtitles. And there was a tiny, tiny bit of nudity. And we were 12 years old. I think we sat in that thing and watched it 12 times consecutively without leaving our seats. <laughs> but the, but we knew that the old man knew when we were buying the ticket that we were inappropriate for that movie. But money was money, I guess. I know what she's talking about. Wow. <laughs> I took. Um, I, go ahead, Lamar. Go ahead. I took. I took Kaylee and her best friend, uh, and we went to a movie. And it was a horror movie. I forget what it was going to be. And I was I was expecting it, you know, whatever. But in the first five minutes, there was stuff going on that wasn't horror. Okay. It was not horror. It was a horror to me because my daughter and her best friend are like uh 14, 13 or 14 said beside me, I and I'm at the theater down there uh back then when I was in there by myself. You know, and so I said, "Oh, everybody out, everybody out. I said, we got to go. So I took them out and I found something else next door that he was playing. And I said, they was, we want to say, no, 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 man. I, I, it freaked me out. It was, so me. they opened up with sexuals. They opened up yes, with sexual scenes. Yes, Is that what you're saying? Wide oh, open. God. I'm talking wide. Oh, that's I'm the like, worst. Whoa, oh, God. Oh, that God. That is the oh, worst. Oh, oh. That's that's got to be one of the problems with you know if if you've got mm. kids and you want to have family night at the movies and you got Netflix, I mean unless you really do listen Hard, to the people's movie uh, critic for a review or read something about it, you can get caught. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, even even when you're super duper careful and you you know like we're not going to watch this movie with the kids or we're not going to watch that movie with the kids. Um, the time that Kevin accidentally agreed to play Cards Against Humanity at the beach with all of the kids, I can't even tell you what card he drew. There's no way to even clean up the card that he drew. He's still traumatized, and it's been years. <laughs> Basically, you can't, you really can't do anything with your kids except play checkers and look at the sunset. Anything right, that's else, right. you're at risk. Yeah, that's exactly it's, right. Yeah. 
It's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry go. Found the rabbit hole. I'm not even sure how we fell down this one, but everybody here, we're all big fans of William Shatner. We all enjoy the Shat. I love the unexplained on, um, I guess it's the History Channel, I think, that, that runs that. Anyway, we're talking about William Shatner, and of course our phones are listening, and it serves this classic Shatner gem up. So this was I don't from, even need to explain it. You'll, you'll know as soon as you hear it, but when does it go back to So next? this was performed at the 1978 Saturn Awards, and if you don't know what those are, those are for uh, horror, science fiction, fantasy-type movies. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, Bernie Taupin, who is one of the co-writers with Elton John of the song Rocket Man, introduces this. This was all done very seriously. This was William Shatner doing his interpretation of Rocket Man. I hadn't seen this in a long time. I saw it on X and I said to Sherry, I said, oh, we've got to play this. Then after this, I've got a parody of it that you may enjoy. She packed my bags. Last night, pre-flight. He's smoking a cigarette in a tux. <laughs> Zero hour. 9 a.m. And I'm going to be high. <laughs> As a kite by then. the earth so much. I miss my wife. Do something a little artistic. God, that's awful. No, just listen what happens. They split the screen so there are two Shatners. There's the one smoking the cigarette, then this guy doing this. No, no, no. I'm a rocket man. Rocket man. Burning out his fuse out here alone. Now the smoking one's talking. Mars ain't the kind of place to raise a kid. In fact, it's cold as hell. Is, can I ask you all why we listen to this? Can, can I ask you, do you think that he knows, is he doing that on purpose? Was, Does he know? In 1978, this was serious. He did, this was serious. He may have done parody of it later, but this was not, yeah. no one's laughing. This is being done in front of an audience. Do you hear anyone laughing? I, I think that's the sound of people horrified is what it is. Well, I mean, it's just so over the top. Well, this is the thing about William Shatner that everybody says that he that he's right. Not a great actor. 
you know. So anyhow, um, I did know when I was down this wormhole that there was a version with Stewie Griffin that was on Family Guy. So this is Stewie wearing a tux, smoking a cigarette. <laughs> she packed my bags. <laughs> Last night, pre-flight. <laughs> Zero hour. 9 a.m. <laughs> and I'm going to be... Hi. He's got it. He's As got a it. Kite by then. <laughs> and I think it's gonna be a long, long time. <laughs> Till touchdown brings me round again to find. I'm not the man they think I am at home. Oh no, no, no. I'm a rocket man. <laughs> rocket man. Stewie's better. Yeah, he is, isn't he? It's more He's listenable. Better. It's more listenable. Yes. Yeah. He is. <laughs> and I think it's going to be a long, long time. Till touchdown brings me it, around It does come to, to the point that William Shatner, there's three Shatners on the screen. Oh, and yeah. now there's three Stewies no, on the screen. <laughs> it's the most amazing. Shatner career. might not have known in the 70s. He might have thought it was serious in the 70s, but once he caught on, nobody was in on the joke or made more profit off of it than Shatner. And, and oh, think about this. I always recognized it. He knows it, yes. And, and think about this. This was shown on network television, and in 1978, there was millions of people watching this. Yeah, exactly. Well, he had an album out of songs. He did oh, yeah. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. It's terrible. Oh, yeah. Awful. Look at this posted up on the Bob and Sherry Facebook because if you think listening to it is bad, wait till we'll you watch see it. it. And I think it's gonna be a long, long time. <laughs> it's Bob oh and Sherry. God. Can you believe this is sponsored by BritBox? Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Sherry's. I believe this. Shit. This is so interesting. You know how we've talked about people love the villain. They love to root for the bad guy, whether it's Tony Soprano or Ursula the Sea Witch. You know, we just really love to love the bad guys and we root for them in a weird, twisted way. And there's a reason for that. And it's absolutely amazing. So no matter how terrible, how egotistical or greedy or sociopathic or power crazed that villain is, we believe deep in our hearts that somewhere they have a redeeming quality somewhere, you know, Mm -hmm. it's the old Mm -hmm. Hitler was nice to dogs. But you think about like when you watch The Sopranos or Bob, one of your favorite um, movie franchises, The Godfather. These are terrible human beings, mm-hmm. really by any like standard. Sociopaths. Yeah, sociopaths. These are terrible human beings. But you're like, yeah, but you know, yeah, he's a terrible human being. But uh, look how good he is to his kids, right? Human beings were wired to think that terrible people have a hidden good side. But very, very amazing and interesting. Listen, let me finish. We do not believe that really good people are hiding a dark side. 
So you look at Tony Soprano and you go, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I shouldn't root for the guy. But but you never look at like Gandhi and go, I wonder what secrets that freak is keeping. Like we do not believe that good people are hiding bad stuff, but we believe that bad people are hiding good stuff. Isn't that, that, is, that interesting? That that really is because very few of us are a hundred percent one way or the other. It's always that gray area for most human beings. You're so the, the Tony Soprano. I know we refer to it a lot, and if you didn't watch the series, you, you still probably know basically what he's all about. He's the perfect example of this because they would show him doing some just horrifying things to other human beings grabbing a guy and just smashing his head into a fire hydrant. I mean, just the worst things. But then he goes home and he has issues with his kids. They're teenagers. They're uh, not respectful. And he says, you know, my father came over here and blah, blah, blah. And, and you say, yeah, you tell him, Tony. But as James Gandolfini said, when people would come up to him and said, I love you, I just love Tony, he would say to them, Tony is a psychopath. He's a murdering psychopath. Don't love, don't love Tony. But you're right. We never think about the gray area of really good people. And when they get exposed for doing something that is out of society's norms or just plain bad, we're, we're shocked. Destroyed. We're, we're destroyed. so destroyed. Exactly. exactly. Because we expect that our heroes are heroic through and through and through, but that our villains are just wounded maybe and they need to be understood and maybe they right. need a little love and compassion, a little bit of less judgment, you know, and maybe yeah, we exactly. need to understand why the Joker is the Joker. But you, you know turn what's around and find crazy? out that your heroes have some kind of negative. So you know what's driving me crazy right now? I'm, I'm on a, uh, a group that um, gets information about mobsters Somehow I got on and I get like three or four posts a day about mobsters, old time mobsters, like in Chicago, in the uh, 50s and 60s in New York. And you'll take let me just use John Gotti because most people know who he is. John Gotti murdered people. John Gotti was a horrible, horrible man. And so the, uh, the Gotti thing pops up and it's a picture of him, you know, in beautiful suit, perfectly coiffed hair and all of that. And it'll say John Gotti prior to going to prison for the rest of his life. And you go to the comments and you will see from men and women, that was a man who stood up. That was a man who wasn't a rat. The Teflon Don, there'll never be another one. God bless you, John. Honest to God, people asking for God's blessings on this murderer. And then after about five of those, somebody will say, uh, hey, folks, this guy is like a devil. This, this guy killed a neighbor, right? But we want to say, John Gotti, he, he gave fireworks on the 4th of July when they were banned in uh, his part of New York. So he's got a good side. He shot a guy in front of a steakhouse in the yeah. head. Oh, he ran his neighbor over. Yeah, exactly. He killed yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, do not let your heroes disappoint you. And I think, looking at you, Will Smith, yeah, I, want you, to, I want you to think about, just on the recent public stage, how many people who were just venerated, you make yeah. a misstep and you're done. Yep. 
done. You're kind of a, you're already kind of a bad guy. Yeah, we're going to give right. you a little bit of room. It is a crazy part of human nature. We're going to get that posted up on the Bob and Sherry Facebook. Do not go anywhere. This is Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry books, swag, and the mother of all mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. I want to throw something out here and see if other people relate to it or if I'm just kind of a weirdo. Years and years ago, uh, my ex and I were invited to this guy's house. We knew he and his wife and their children and all. He was uh, an architect, designer. And uh, so he's taking me on this tour of his house. And he's got this one little landing area that looks down on the living room and kitchen, right? And that's where his, uh, uh, that's where he would draw. That, that, that was where he worked. And he said, I like to be here because I'm by myself and I'm doing my own thing. And everybody knows that, you know, I'm up there doing my thing. But I'm still a part of everything that's going on whether it's my wife having some friends over or it's the kids playing or whatever, I can see and I can feel the energy, but I'm doing my own thing. I knew exactly what he was uh, saying. Madison just came, I'll give you an example with me. Madison just came to the house, brought her dog, Dudley, who's uh, a goofy puppy uh, doodle, and and he's out of his mind. And he's running around the house, and he's Jason Finn, and Mary and Madison are in the other room watching TV. And I'm in my studio here after the show. I got my little TV on. And this is bliss for me that I'm not alone. You know, there's no sense of loneliness. There's energy in the house, but I don't have to be a part of everything. I can go do my own thing. And yet there are people around me. I honestly think that's when I'm at my happiest. Is that weird? Or is that, or is no, that something that others re, that, you know, relate to? That's classic introvert. And I agree really? 100%. That's like my yeah. favorite thing. Yeah. Is to have everybody around. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Doing no, their I own thing. You're just, yeah. yeah. You're just an introvert. I never thought of it as classic introvert. That kind of makes me feel like I don't like it as much now. Well, that's how you are. I mean, you that's can't help yourself. Yeah, yeah that's just who you are. You are a man who, yeah. instead of looking for a pony in the manure, looks at the pony and goes, I know there's some poop here somewhere. And that's yeah, just exactly. who you are. And you have to just yeah. love yourself. Yeah, could you please stop? I think if you could stop right now, I'd probably be better <laughs> it's, it's Bob and Sherry. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry Archive Vault. So I read this story about how many times a year the average American shuns a friend or a colleague, somebody that you're working with. And it's, I think it's low. It's shuns. Uh, shuns. I, I mean, Just, I mean, shuns is a harsh word. Shuns. It is. It's everything from uh, don't return phone calls to text messages or emails, hide from a knock at the door, sneak away from parties, that sort of thing. 284 times a year. I feel that's low. 284. Uh, wait, what? You, you have done this more than 284 times in, in a year? Of There's course. not for 365 days. <laughs> don't lie. Don't lie and make, make, make yourself feel bigger than me. What? Wait a minute! What? What? How can you? How can you shun people? That's like a, an almost a shun per day. Have you been shunning somebody every day? 
probably. It says, listen, <laughs> ignoring phone calls, texts, emails. So that's a lot right there, right? I don't hide from a knock on the door. I don't do that. But you and I know that we were, uh, we used to go to a party and it was a great party every year. And um, one of our friends threw it. But there were a lot of other media people that were at the party. And media people really don't like being around other media people, to be honest with you, because we're competitive. <laughs> and we know how much, you know, they suck. So uh, we would go there and we would eat and uh, spend some nice time with a, with a host, wonderful person. And then we would look for a way to get out without being noticed. Don't you lie to me, Sherry Lynch. You know you did but that. We but we were not um, we were not nearly as skilled as the leather clad legend Larry, who oh, Larry I think he left sales. his car yeah. running. I yeah, think he, he would leave good. his car running. He would come through the front door, he lit up the room, shaking hands, hugging people, kissing babies, high fives. He never even stopped or slowed down for a drink. And he was making his way toward a basement exit and then back into his car and gone into the night before you knew he was there. The, legend. The, the house had like three levels and you're right. He would start at the top. Now he'd have a meatball or something and have a drink in his hand, but then uh, he, he'd hit the main room and he'd work that for a few minutes. And then it was down, um, <laughs> downstairs. <laughs> and, uh, I, I started calling him, where you going, Larry? <laughs> and he he knew that I knew what he was up to because I'd follow him sometimes at a party. Where you going, Larry? I, I'm not saying there isn't a certain amount of, you know, avoiding phone. Like we're all we all do it. Right. But 284 yeah. times a year is a lot. And you're saying you think that's low. I mean, if that's low, Bob, you're you're suggesting that there's a daily shunning going on. I mean, I can't even. Imagine. Well, it may not be a personal <laughs> shun, but it could be a temporary shun. Like, let's say you have a relative, right, and they're thinking about inviting you to some holiday party, and they've texted you, and you know, it's part of the week where you're very busy, and you just let it go. That's a shun. Now, eventually, you have to come back and get that. So, but it still counts as a shun. <laughs> Max, do you think that 284 times a year of shunning is low or high? I do. I think that's high. Uh, I think I it's mean, high. Because I, I might do it once a week with something, with someone. Hey, Doc, we work with liars. I, I don't <laughs> think we do. I definitely do. Sherry, you think I'm lying? <laughs> no. Mm -mm. I I like I like I admit that there is a certain amount of that and sometimes it's not because you don't like the other person or or whatever. Sometimes it's just your own life can be a little bit overwhelming and it's not personal. You don't you're not trying to reject somebody. It's just you you have to spend some time with your marriage or your boyfriend or girlfriend. Sometimes you just have to spend some time with your family. You can't always be um, responding to other people's needs and requests, right? I, is that I agree fair? with you. That's fair. Now, let me give you another example of why I think 284 is, uh, is low. So there's a guy who lives down the street from me, right? And I don't think he likes me very much for whatever reason. It's probably political. But uh, his wife is very nice. And so, you know, we've been we've seen them socially here and there, there occasionally. But I don't think he likes me very much. And so I'm not walking the dog. And he's going out to get his mail. 
And he can't see me, but I can see him because I'm coming up the street. I will encourage the dog to take his time over at that bush and just kind of wait it out. Just so you don't have to run into him and have So I just don't, I, yeah, it's, that's shunning. I, I am shunning him. I admit that. But, you know, it's, I, I feel I shun for the good of all sometimes. Um, <laughs> he doesn't want to interact with me. And I don't, what are you laughing at? <laughs> you just I'm the only person that ever said that give, phrase. Give, 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 don't you, Bob? You just, you are a giver. <laughs> well, it's that time of the year. Just, what can I say? You're so modest. Let me say what you want, folks. Bob shuns so that you don't have to. Thank you. If you're being so, shunned so by Bob, he's shun. taking that burden away from you. You don't have to that, shun him. He's I, already shunned That's you. exactly what happened. That man did not have to shun me. I took the shun. You're, just, you're too, you know what? I'm overcome. Well, I'm verklempt with yeah. your generosity. Thank you. I'm not saying sainthood, but you know, it's something. But you're not not saying it either. You well, know, it's just kind of putting it out there. <laughs> it's Bob and Sherry. True. Weird. Stuff. Dr. Leo Stanley was chief surgeon at San Quentin State Prison from 1913 to 1951. His horrific pro-eugenics legacy included performing inhumane surgeries on inmates as a way to rehabilitate them. From thyroid removal to transplanting testicular glands from executed prisoners to living ones, his belief in surgical cures for criminal minds made him a medical Frankenstein. True. Weird. Stop. New episodes drop every Friday, everywhere you get your podcasts. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. It's sort of a running gag on the Bob and Sherry show over the years that every time somebody, and usually they're in morons in the news, tries to hire um, a hitman, they always end up being a cop from New Jersey, right? I mean, you hear about it all yep. the time. So there's a guy named. So is is that just is that the truth or is it just an urban legend? No, there's no, a guy it happens a lot. It happens a lot. Robert Bayer is a former CIA officer, and he's the author of several books, including The Perfect Kill: Twenty One Laws for Assassins. He says he has known many bad guys during his decades in law enforcement and espionage. And he says finding a real-life murderer would stump him. Quote, I could not find you a hitman, and I know a lot of murderers. Dennis Kenny, a professor at John Jay College of Criminal Justice, concurred, calling the public perception of a slick, skilled hitman pretty much a myth. Adding that a for-hire killer is usually nothing more than a thug who offers or agrees to a one-day payoff which is why they get caught. Only about half of all murderers in the United States are cleared or solved each year, according to the FBI, making it difficult to say definitively how many people are killed specifically by hitmen. While there are also no no handy stats on how many murder-for-hire attempts fail, experts indicate that many are marred by amateurism and ineptitude. Still, the non-hits just keep on coming. This is not a real efficient, high-quality hit service out there. There isn't one, like in the movies, says Michael Farkas, a defense attorney. There are murder plots that unfortunately succeed, as Canadian officials believe was the case with the killing of another chic separatist in British Columbia. Um, Law enforcement officials and academics who study killers for hire 
put them into several large buckets. There are the civilians engaged in everyday murder plots, which often end in sloppy or tragic fashion. There are also hitmen for the mobs, the enforcers working in-house to illegally uh, police the criminal world. These killers, perhaps the source of most of the urban lore, like in The Sopranos or The Godfather or Goodfellas. Employed in a similar fashion are killers who use drug cartels, and they're very uh, prolific at it, and they're also sloppy sometimes. Still, even in those attempts with James Bondian overtones, law enforcement has proved adept at thwarting most of those crimes. For the average person wanting to engage a hitman, the perils of purchasing such a service particularly in cases involving inexperienced killers, are just not a good idea. It's more complicated than it seems, said David Carter, a professor of criminal justice at Michigan State. And sometimes these are not the brightest people. Not the brightest people. So what the bottom line is in this article, it's in the uh, New York Times. It's hard to get away with it. Um, There was... I've been saying that for a very long time. How many times do I tell you, don't be killing people. You won't get away with it. You don't have the stomach for it. You don't have the organizational brain for it. You know you're going to be sloppy. Just don't do it. There's a uh, former beauty queen. Her name is Lindsay Shriver. She is awaiting trial right now of trying to have her estranged husband killed in the Bahamas. Ms. Shriver is said to have sent text messages to her bartender boyfriend with a purported hitman before her arrest. Kill him, she allegedly wrote. There is also the Internet, of course, which emerges as a source of so many problems. In November, for example, a Louisiana woman was sentenced to 18 months in prison for allegedly using a parody website called rentahitman.com to hire somebody to kill a romantic rival. Don't go to a bartender, you know. Don't go to a parody website called rentahitman.com. And so I agree. A lot of times these people are just stupid, both the people doing the hiring and the actual hitman themselves. It just doesn't work. The Hollywood attraction is for the suspense, the suspense, the real possibility of pulling it off and not getting an informant is next to nothing. You were right, Sherry. You're going to get caught. You're going to get caught. This this article ends, you can't get away with murder. Very few people have what it takes to get away with murder. They don't have the coldness. They don't have the ability to plan properly. They don't understand the forensics. And they really don't get that any website called Rent a Hitman, even if it was legit, all day long, law enforcement sits and watches it. All day long. And watches it. And that's what we call the low-hanging fruit. Ding, ding, ding. We've got another one on rentahitman.com. People use your noggins. It's Bob and Sherry. It's Bob and Sherry, the podcast. So I want you to think seriously about this question before you answer it. Don't just let go right off the top of your head. Sit with it for a second and really think about it. 
So we've been watching True Detective um, Night Country, which stars Jodie Foster. And it's set, I talked about it last week or the week before. It's, ta- it's set in the mythical town of Ennis, Alaska, very, very, very far north. And it's the part of the year where it never is light. It's just round the clock darkness every single day. And it's beautiful. Oh my God, the country. It's just so, the ice and the sky, everything is so beautiful. So we, uh, we're DVRing it. We finally got to see the second episode. And when it was over, I said to my husband, you know what I wish? I wish that like, if we won the lottery, one thing that I would like to do is I would like to spend three or four months, maybe six months in the part of Alaska that's really remote where the sun never shines for the whole winter. I'd like to know what that feels like. And here's what made me think of it. There's a scene, the whole show is at night. The show takes place 100% at night, right? And there's a scene in this little restaurant, like a little diner in this town. And somebody, the uh, one of the police officers walks in and the server says, hey, did you want some lunch? And it looks like it's about 10 after 11 p.m. outside, right? And that's when it hit me more than any other time. As much as I've thought about what it would be like to have that, like, round-the-clock darkness, that one thing like, hey, you want some lunch? When it looks like bedtime outside, it just hit me like a punch. And I thought, I how, bet. Do you ever, yeah. how do you ever get used to that? And what happens to your sleep-wake cycle? Like, if you're just there and it's always nighttime, if you don't have a specific job that you have to clock into at a specific time, like, let's say that you are, you've won the lottery or you're retired or you're self-employed, you're a writer or a coder or whatever. After a while, does it even matter what the clock says? Do you just sleep when you feel like sleeping and eat whatever when you're hungry? Because you've lost all of those daylight, nighttime cues that we live by. Did you ever think about it that way? Um, It it would not do well for me. I I would be very unhappy. And I think people do change in those situations. I read this book called The Pioneers, and it was a description of the pioneers going and, and settling in the early years of our nation's history in Ohio. And so there's nothing there. They're on the river and they're taking their stuff that they brought with them. And once the lights go out, the lights go out in the middle of nowhere in rural Ohio. And people would get up like at one o'clock in the morning and they'd fool around or they would get up and they'd go make something to eat or they'd uh, if they had books, they that- would read or they do. And then they go back into bed again. It, it was like two different um, times of yeah. sleep. That was the way human beings slept until the invention of electricity and the eight-hour workday. And mm-hmm. some sleep experts, I've read about this a lot, some, some sleep experts think that we'd be better off with that. That it's really not, oh, yeah. it's not like we're not wired to sleep for eight consecutive hours, that we'd be better mm-hmm. off with two sleeps. But that's, that's not, I mean, I'm asking, could you deal with what it would be like to be in darkness 24-7 for weeks and months on end. I'd have like, a real... It would be so depressing. It'd be so... Yeah. Depra- There's got to be a lot yeah. of depression in this. But now, once you get used to it and you live that way, uh, I don't know. What about the whole melatonin thing? It, so you, the sunlight, 
you get a certain amount of stuff. You know, you got to have melatonin to give you a good night's sleep, but you also got to have the sunlight. Vitamin C. Your vitamin C. I mean, how does that work? Clearly it does, because there are a ton of people in Alaska listening right now. We have tons of listeners in Alaska listening right now who are like, yeah, that's uh, that's how we roll. In fact, I talked to some people um, the last time I was in Anchorage because I had that question. One of the women that I was chatting with grew up up near like the North Pole. And I was like, what, what is it like? She said, you know, when you're born into that, like, it's just your life. You don't even think about it. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. It's just when you, when, if anybody else is watching true detective, you, that the casualness of just, it's dark all the time, but it's breakfast time and it's always night, but now it's time for lunch. And now it's time to like, there's a scene between two people where he's like, well, I'm going home now. It's the end of the workday. No, it isn't. Everything looks like 11 p.m. all the time. But then, then in so the summer, in the summer, is. it's the opposite. It's the opposite. Uh, I remember I was with some buddies. We were working in Alaska. I forget which town we were in, but we had a drink and we were hanging around for a couple of hours. And we walked out of the bar. It was midnight and it looked like it was noon. And that'll yeah. freak you out, too. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's just, oh, I'm so curious about that. I would love to be able to have that experience. It's Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. Uh, it was so much fun. A few days ago, Mary and I went to visit with my daughter, Landon, her husband, Ramsey, my daughter, Allie, her husband, Tim, and my two grandchildren. And they are coming. Well, one of them is coming to. We're going to split them up. One of them is coming to visit us for two or three days, and it's Christian. He is four years old. He loves honey. That's Mary's name so very much. He's kind of excited. He doesn't know what to expect. And Landon has not done this before. She's not turned him over, I don't think, uh, for two or three days to anybody else. And she's very, very specific with how she likes to raise her children. They don't watch any kind of scary stuff, even cartoons, on the uh, TV. They watch very, very little TV, a little Thomas the Tank and Bluey, and, you know, that's pretty much about it. And they love to be read to, but they can't be stories that are really, really scary because they're two years old and four years old. So there are a lot of rules. And another rule is, you know, we want to make sure they're eating healthy food. So there's a list of, you know, all the healthy foods. And so we were saying goodbye to them all. And I said, come here, Christian. Come here, sit on Papa's lap. I got to go right now. But you know you're coming to our house, right? Landon is right next to me. I said, it's going to be so much fun. What are we going to do? Well, first of all, stay up as late as you want. There's no bedtime at Papa's house. We're going we're gonna to watch some, some movies like Bambi. We're going to watch Bambi, the Disney movie. And then, and then you're going to see uh, a really interesting movie that Papa saw many years ago called Apocalypse Now. And that's going to show you a lot of different sides to life. And then we're going to go out and get banana splits. What's that? It's three different types of ice cream with syrup and whipped cream and cherries on the top. Landon is looking at me, and she knows that I'm just trying to entertain everybody. But in the back of her mind, I still see a little bit of doubt that this was a good idea to do this. I don't care. I'm going to have him to my own. It's Bob and Sherry. 
thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast, the Oddcast and Talking Lamar. We would love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review, and maybe share it with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again so much for listening. Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.